Will you turn with me to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 40. Mark chapter 1, start at verse 40. If you don't have a Bible, Jason will hook you up. So will Agnes. Righteous. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, and then we're going to pray. We all ready? <laughs> yeah? Maybe? All right. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone. But go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter uh, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in the deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. This is God's word. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we love what you've done for us, Lord. And, and God, I, I, I thank you so much for these people, Lord, who uh, love your word, God, and love to worship you so much, Lord, that they would come for a second time, God. And so, Father, I pray that you would bless us as we, as we endeavor to study and learn more about you, our Savior, Lord. Holy Spirit, intercede on our behalf, Father. God, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be so pungent in this place, Lord. I pray that it would be so, uh, so thick, Father. Lord, that uh, it's unmistakable that you're here with us. So, Father, bless this time. Bless your word. I know you will. And, Father, uh, we love you. And in Jesus' name, all God's children said, Amen. All right. So, now the leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down him, saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, uh, when you hear the word cancer, right? Uh, it, it evokes some emotion uh, for, for some of us more than others, right? Uh, you know, all of us in some way, shape, or form, some more gnarly than others, we've all uh, known somebody, or maybe it was a loved one, or, or, or somebody that's been affected by cancer, right? Or at least we have a friend who has somebody who's been affected by cancer in some way, shape, or form. So when, when we hear, oh, this man had cancer, this woman had cancer, uh, it evokes emotion in us. It, it elicits some sort of response in us because we can, we can uh, sympathize in some sort of way, right? It, we can sympathize with somebody who has, who has brain cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, or, or, or any of the such cancers. And... And, and what, what I mean by this is that a lot of the time when, when, when we look at somebody who has leprosy, right, and when we read about somebody who has leprosy, it doesn't necessarily elicit a, a, an emotional response. It, it doesn't elicit uh, any sort of images, any vivid imagery, because we don't know anybody who's had leprosy, right? Anybody know anybody who has had leprosy? No, right? Uh, le- leprosy is not a disease that, that uh, us Americans are plagued with. And, and generally, society nowadays, we're not generally plagued with what's called Hansen's disease now, which is leprosy. But if, if you were to live in Jesus's time, and, and you were to read in Mark's gospel, now a leper came to him, it, it would elicit uh, fear and, and, and trembling because people in Jesus' time knew how gnarly leprosy was. They understood how crazy it was, leprosy. 
Uh, they understood, and, and, and just the word leprosy, or, or seeing somebody with leprosy, that, that would uh, evoke fear and, and, and emotion. It was the most feared disease of the time. It was crazy. And, and, and so when we think of cancer, we, we, can empathize, we can't empathize, we can sympathize in some sort of way. But it's hard with leprosy because we don't necessarily understand it. Right? We, we haven't experienced it firsthand. We haven't witnessed anybody with leprosy. We, we can't have that image in our heads. And I was thinking of giving you guys an image, but it's gross. I'm not going to do that. Right? I, it's just, I showed it to my junior hires, and the boys are like, oh, that's so cool. And the girls, you know, they're covering their eyes. And it was, it was gross, and so I'm not going to do that to you. But uh, it, it, leprosy was gnarly. And, and when I read about leprosy, when, when I read about it in the Bible, it, it, it really doesn't elicit any sort of response in me. But when I did research, man, it made me understand just how, how gnarly it is that this man came even close to Jesus and, and the fact that Jesus would touch him, right? And, and so we know that it was the most feared disease of the time, and it's currently called Hansen's disease. Hansen was uh, the one who just discovered the bacteria that, uh, that starts leprosy, right? And, and he, he uh, contributed to finding the cure for leprosy. But even currently, uh, Hansen's disease with modern medicine takes two to three years uh, for somebody to be cured. It, even in the most minor stages of leprosy, two to three year process in order to get rid of that iniquity. And, and so I'm going I'm to let you know a little bit about, about leprosy without getting too graphic, but, but I really feel like it's good to get some context to know what leprosy is and how gnarly it is and how since we know that in the Bible leprosy is a metaphor for sin, it's very important that we understand what leprosy is, what Hansen's disease is. And so Hansen's disease is, it's a progression. It's a progressive disease and it starts off really simple. And then it, it just progresses and progresses, exponential growth. Towards the point where after 10 to 25 years, people are afflicted with leprosy and they eventually die. At least that's how it was back then. And it, it would start with weariness. All right, leprosy in the first stages would start with weariness. Very, people get very tired, very, very uh, woozy or, or, or nauseous, and then it would lead to joint pains. And some of you, you're like, I think I have leprosy. <laughs> you're like, oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it would start with weariness and it would lead to joint pains. And, and people would have a hard time moving around, right? And this would be anyone from ages uh, nine, you know, age nine to age 90, people were afflicted with leprosy. And so it, it would start with weariness and it, it would progress into joint pains and then little white sores would start to develop um, in, in the torso and the extremities. And, and, these white, and these white sores were, you know, they started out itchy and painful and, and the sores would then uh, turn pink and then they would turn brown. And, and the skin would start to decay a little bit. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but you have to know this. And, and the skin eventually would start to thicken around the face and around, and around uh, divots in the body, right? And so people would have huge lumps on their face with, with sores. And towards the point where, where they began to become unrecognizable to their loved ones. You know, the sores would then give off a terrible odor. You know, the, and you can smell a leper from 100 yards away. It was just, it was disgusting. And it was so painful that all these sores on the faces and the boils on the arms and, and it, it, it was terrible. All, all the moisture in the eyes would start to leave and the moisture in the mouth towards the point where if they didn't have enough water, they'd die pretty quick. 
And so all the moisture, and so a lot of people went blind because of lack of moisture in their eyes. And, and then it would, it would go to the nervous system. This is what people generally know leprosy as. It would, it would, it would progress to the nervous system, and, and because the bacteria it likes cold climates, uh, it, would, it would go into the fingers, the ears, the nose, the toes, all of these things. And, and, and what would happen is uh, the nerves would just cease to work. And, and what would happen is nobody would have any feeling in their hands, no feeling in their mouth and in their ears, no feeling in their extremities. Eventually, it would lead to their arms, their wrists. They wouldn't be able to feel anything. The bacteria would attack them and the sense of feeling would leave and, 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 and lepers would sleep and the rats would come and, and, and chew off their limbs. Because, and they, they wouldn't even feel it. They can step on a shard of glass and not even know what's happening. And, and so leprosy had desensitized them completely. They had no senses anymore because of the progression of this disease. Eventually, it would, it would hit their respiratory system. And, and that's generally how lepers would pass away. Not, not from the pain that they would experience in the extremities, but, but the respiratory problems that they would have. And, and Luke, in his account, describes this man, this very same man, as full of leprosy. So he's not just a leper who has white sores or he's sore and he has joint pains. This is, this is a leper who is full of leprosy. He is in the final stages of leprosy towards the point of death. And we can assume if he is in the full stages of leprosy that he has had leprosy from 15 to 25 years. He's been afflicted with this disease. I love how Luke says that. Luke, being the doctor that he is, says that he is full of leprosy. He, he is not in the first stages. He is full of leprosy, completely afflicted. This disease was incurable and contagious. Very, very contagious. So the moment, once somebody is diagnosed with leprosy, they must depart from their family, their friends, and the rest of society. They had to exit their life. Once they found out, immediately they would have to not even, they couldn't even kiss their loved ones goodbye. They couldn't hug their loved ones goodbye because in, in fear of giving their children, their spouse, leprosy. Their friends would now shun them. Lepers were isolated and considered inhuman. So, so leprosy, I feel like, honestly, one of the worst parts of leprosy is, isn't the incredible pain that they go through, but, but the isolation that lepers would, would face. Imagine that, because even when you're sick with, and riddled with cancer, you have your family there with you to support you, but lepers, no one. They had to exit. They, 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 had, they, had, to, uh, they had to completely separate themselves from all of society. They would live on the streets or in leper colonies, barely considered human. If a leper, if a leper started to get within 100 yards of anybody, they were told it was, it was socially acceptable to grab a rock and start throwing it at the lepers to make sure that they wouldn't come any closer. Priests, priests, rabbis would actually brag about how well they can hit lepers on the streets. Because once you're a leper, because... Leprosy was considered a uh, judgment from God. People were like, well, you have leprosy? God must hate you, dude. And so priests and rabbis, they would brag about, man, I hit this leper the other day, square in the forehead. He didn't even feel it. It was hilarious. If any leper had uh, come to beg for money, he would have to yell first, unclean, unclean. And so people with leprosy, their hope shattered. People are like, how can somebody who smells so terrible and looks so ugly be human? They can't, they're not human. 
on your own time, you can look up uh, leprosy and pictures of people of leprosy, and you would know what I'm saying. Leprosy's gnarly. Leprosy's gnarly. And it says that kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This leper had the audacity to come up to Jesus. This leper had the audacity to approach a rabbi and ask him to heal him. This leper had heard of Jesus and all that he had done. This leper knew who Jesus was. This leper had heard everything that Jesus had been doing. He had been healing the sick. He had been turning water into wine. This is the man that will finally heal me. He will vindicate me of this terrible disease. And maybe one day I can see my family again. Maybe one day I can commune and kiss my wife. Maybe one day I can hold my children again. Maybe if Jesus is willing to heal me. He knows Jesus can heal him. He knows Jesus can heal him. He just, he does not doubt his power. He does not doubt Jesus' power. A lot of us, we do not doubt God's power. I mean, we see around us uh, the, the beautiful earth that he has created and all authority, what we, have ta- what we talked about last week. We recognize the authority that Christ has and the power that Christ has. But the question was not whether Jesus had the ability or the power to heal him or not. This leper was wondering if Jesus was willing to heal him. People often said leprosy was a result of some sort of judgment from God. So why would a rabbi cleanse me? Why would God cleanse me? Isn't he the one who gave me this in the first place? So, so this man is, is questioning not whether Jesus has the power to heal him, but whether he is willing to heal him. Whether Jesus is willing to extend that grace. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing be cleansed. I want want you to note this. A God who is all powerful is useless to someone who is sick unless he has compassion. A God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-sovereign is completely useless to uh, sick creatures such as ourselves and sinful creatures such such as ourselves unless he has compassion and love for us. Because if, if there is a just God somewhere and we are full of iniquity and sin, unless that God has compassion on us, he can't serve us and he's not worthy of our worship because there's no hope for us anyways. There's no hope. Unless God has compassion, his power means nothing to us. It's actually just scary. He's just a bully. He's just a king that that we're incredibly fearful of and we want to hide from. If God does not have compassion, I'm doomed. And so is this leper. And and, and so this leper, he's afraid. And so he comes knowing that Jesus is powerful. But Jesus, are you compassionate? Jesus, are you willing? Jesus, are you loving? Do you love me enough to to vindicate me? And and so I want to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, that that Jesus' power is slave to his compassionate soul. Know this. Jesus' power is a slave to his compassionate and loving soul. Picture Jesus' heart wielding his power like a sword, defending the honor of those he loves. Jesus' power is only as good as the love behind his power. 
Many people recognize the power he holds, but doubt the love that holds his power. Jesus has the desire to save those who are perishing, and he has the power to make those desires a reality. God is love, right? Right? Revelation 1, verses 4 through 6 says this, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over all the kings of the earth. Jesus has authority, he has power, he has righteousness, and he has judgment. But it says this, To him who loved us and washed us from all of our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests, to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. God does not just tolerate us. He loves us. God does not just tolerate us in our sin. You know, yeah, we're, we're sinful creatures. This man is dirty, and Jesus doesn't just tolerate him. Yeah, I'll forgive you, and I'll cleanse you. Just get out of my sight. I'm busy. No, he was moved with compassion, and it was not, it was not a compulsion. He was not like, oh, okay, I'll heal you. He was moved with compassion, and it was that compassion that compelled him to heal this leper, not the request in the first place. Jesus had, Jesus had compassion, and that is what led him to heal and cleanse him. God's will is dictated by his love, because God is love. You see, who we are dictates our decision and motives, right? I mean, who we are dictates what we do. Who we are inside, what, we, what, what our values are, what our principles are. Who we are dictates every single decision that we make. And God is no exception, Who God is dictates his decisions, and God is love. So his decisions are dictated by that compassion and by that love that he has for his people. And so Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 5 says this, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This means that don't doubt God's love for you. Never doubt it. Never ever think, never ever get this in your head that God tolerates you in your sin. He just tolerates you. Never get that. Because he chose you to be righteous before this world was even created. He's not just an annoying co-worker. He, no, he, you're not just an annoying co-worker or, or classmate to him. There's people that you just tolerate in your life, right? I mean, there's just people you tolerate. There's people that, you know, ah, yes, I have to have the love of God, so I'm going to tolerate him. Even though he's annoying or she's annoying, it's like, I can't stay. You have those people. I'm like, am I the only one? There's people in their life that you just tolerate, right? Yeah? Am I the only sinful one in here? Okay, I guess so. Preaching to myself. All right. There's some people in my life where it's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't click with them. Right? I, I, I don't jive with them. It's just hard to love them. You know, I, I just tolerate them you know, because I don't want to be mean. You know, that's just not, I, I don't want to be mean to anyone, but I'll just tolerate some people. Right? And I'll listen to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Just annoyed out of my mind. But God's not like that. And, and sometimes I approach God in prayer thinking that he's like that you know, because sometimes I feel so ashamed of, of my sin and so ashamed about what I've done in my life and so ashamed of my sin that sometimes I feel like I'm approaching God and he's just tolerating me. But that's totally not true. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. Now, leprosy is 
incredibly contagious, right? Nobody touched a leper. Nobody touched a leper. If you touch a leper, that, that you're dead. 95% chance you're, you got leprosy right there. Jesus gets dirty with us. He, he, he gets his hands dirty. Jesus, Jesus moved with compassion, touched the leper. And, 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 and this is what he's done on a cosmic scale as well. You see, we're dirty. This world is dirty. And Jesus coming from the throne room of heaven has come down to get dirty. He's come down to cover himself in our sins and, and bathe himself in our sins so we don't have to suffer it for ourselves. And this is good news. This is super good news that we don't have a God that just, that just tolerates us, but we have a God that loves us so much that he would touch us in our iniquity. He would touch us in our dirtiness. He would touch us in our sin. This man had leprosy. He was contagious. He was full of leprosy. And Jesus extended his arms. I bet the crowds were going crazy. I, I, I just imagine, because there's probably a lot of people following Jesus, this leper comes, it's like the Red Sea parting. Everyone's getting out of the way as this leper comes. And Jesus just walks right up to him, and he touches him. And I could just see people taking a step back and watching as this leper is cleansed, watching as this leper is, is cleaned. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him. And he was cleansed and strictly and he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing. uh, Those things which Moses commanded as your testimony to them. Notice how any time a leper is cleansed in the Bible. Okay, any time a leper is rid of his leprosy in the Bible, which happens many times in the Bible, it's never called a healing. Look it up. It's never, the lepers are never healed of their leprosy. They're always cleansed of their leprosy. It it always describes the lepers as cleansed. In Psalm 51, verses 1 through 2, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You see, Jesus does not heal us from our sin. He cleanses us from it. He washes us because our sin is dirty. Jesus washes us as white as snow. Leprosy is like sin. It's incurable. It's incurable. It eats away at us and separates us from the liberty, right? It it, it separates us from liberty. Sin binds us. And, And so when Jesus cleanses us, man, That's where real liberty comes from. In Leviticus chapter 14, this is what he's saying. You know, see that you say nothing to no one, but go your way. Show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Uh, Jesus is referring to Levitical law. In Levitical law, this is before Jesus, all right? We're We're about to get awesome here, okay? All right, so in Leviticus chapter 14... Okay, Moses describes this. If a leper is cleansed from leprosy, he has, he has to do a few things, okay? And so Jesus cleanses this man, all right? And, and he has to go in. He has to go in and show himself to the priest when somebody was cleansed of leprosy. And he would show himself to the priest. You know, he kind of stripped down. The priest would examine him from a safe distance, make sure that he really is cleansed of his leprosy. Let me see your sores. Let me see, you know, what's up. And, and if a man is completely cleansed of leprosy, what would happen is uh, the priest would take two doves, right, in, in an earthen vessel. Okay, he would, he would take two doves in an earthen vessel full of pure water. 
okay? And, and what he would do is he, he would, you know, these nice, sweet, cute little doves, you know, little, little birdies, and he would set one aside and be like, all right, you stay there. And then he, he'd take this one cute little bird and he slit its throat. Yeah, it was gnarly, okay? Leviticus has a lot of blood, all right? And so, so yeah, he, he would kill that dove. Yeah, little, little Malia over there is going, what? <laughs> what? It's a happy ending, not really, but yes, yes it is, okay? This is Jesus, okay? So, we have this, this dove, and, and so this pure white as snow dove, it, 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 was, it was killed, right? And, and, and the blood would go into uh, the, the water, and, and the water with the blood, right? And then, then they take the other dove, and, and they'd, they'd wash it in the blood. And then they would let the dove free. All right, so this is before Jesus. Jesus, being the pure dove, was crucified on that cross. And when, and when, when the centurion soldier had stabbed Jesus in the side to make sure he was dead, out poured water and blood. Water and blood. The blood that, that covers us and cleanses us. And, and, and like the other dove, us, we are covered in Jesus' blood and we are set free to be with God, to have fellowship with God and have liberty, no longer bound by a cage. This is Jesus. Jesus is God who gets, his, gets in the filth and gets in the filth so much that he dies for us. He dies for us. And, and he, his blood is the propitiation for our sins, meaning that, that his blood is what covers us and makes us pure before God because the wages of sin is death. Jesus died for us. He then gave his blood to us. We are covered in it so we can be before God holy and blameless and we can soar like that dove to the heavens. And after that, the priest would then anoint his head with oil. The leper's head with oil. Oil symbolizing the Holy Spirit. Not only does Jesus set us free, not only do we get to have fellowship with God, not only can we soar with liberty, but we are given the Holy Spirit. So we can worship Him in power. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. The entire entire Levitical law is is meant to foreshadow Jesus' coming. And so we see, just like that dove, we are given liberty. Jesus is a God who gets in that filth and gives us his own righteousness. Romans 6, chapter 5, uh, Romans 6, verses 5 through 11 says this, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Jesus' death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slave to sin. Jesus has crucified all of our sins, our sinful nature, with himself. And he rose again in three days, so that we, as we died with him, might live with him also, cleansed and reunited with one another in God. Just as the leper was now reunited with his people as well. And then we see in Romans chapter 6, verse 7, for he who has died has been free from sin. That's us. If we die with God, we are free from sin. 
Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be, de- uh, to be deed indeed to sin. Dead indeed to sin. But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus cleansed that leper so that he might be reunited with his people in God himself. He can hold his family again. And, and here's the thing. When Jesus cleanses us of our sin, that, that, that reunites us. Because sin doesn't only separate us from God, right? Sin separates us from one another. Uh, those secret sins that we all hold, that, that separates us from loving people. That separates us from uh, whether you have children or a spouse or siblings or best friends. Sin separates us from those people that we love, not only God, He says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is willing to clean us. Jesus is willing to wash us white as snow if we would allow him to. And and if there was any application that I can give you, you know, this isn't a very uh, application-based message because I just want you to know how much Christ loves you. If I were to give any application to this message, or a message like this in general, it it would be to live like someone who's cleansed. Live like someone who's cleansed. Because because a lot of the times, especially in in modern Christianity, we're willing, we're so willing to be cleansed. But I'll, I'll give this metaphor. Anytime I wash my dog, Kona, or, or she goes in the pool and, you know, we, we, we wash her, right? She's a Labrador puppy, right? She's black lab, you know, beautiful dog, right? And she, she loves the pool. She loves to get wet. And, she, and anytime we clean her or anytime we clean any of our dogs, the, immediately, what do they do? They go and roll in the dirt. <laughs> they just, they just love the dirt. And I feel like that's, this, that's how I act all the time. Jesus will cleanse me. Jesus will completely cleanse me, and I will just go and roll in the dirt again. Live like you're cleansed. Live in a way that, 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 that you can soar covered in God's blood. It, it, it's, it's encouraging to know that I can always come to God, and he'll always forgive me. But it's sometimes discouraging always coming to him with the same exact sin. Is it not? He listens, and he loves to listen. But I want to I walk in a way where I'm cleansed. And what did, this, what did this leper do? Immediately, he went and told everybody. Immediately, he's like, look at what Jesus has done for me. He made it public. He made it known. He made it completely known that Jesus has cleansed him. That Jesus has made him righteous. If that man were to then squander the life that Jesus had given him by, by debauchery, if he were then the next week to be the town drunk instead of the town leper, how'd that reflect Jesus? Is he walking in a way where he is cleansed by Jesus' blood? 
And, and, and this is the issue that I have all the time. Am I walking in a way where, where I'm cleansed by Jesus, where I'm set free by Jesus? And I'm, am I making it known to all my friends and family that I'm cleansed by Jesus? So if they see me sinning, that's a reflection of God, and that will motivate me to walk in a way that is clean and blameless. And, and, and that's the application I want to give you. But more than any application, more, more than anything that you can do, I want you to know that, that Jesus does not tolerate you. He does not just tolerate you. He loves you. And before this world was even created, he wanted to cleanse you. Before the entire earth, before Thousand Oaks, before California, before this entire globe, Jesus knew you, he knew you would sin, and he knew that one day you would come to him and say, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he would say, I am willing, be clean. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus longed for that conversation to have with you. And so we worship in a way where we say, Jesus, are you willing? No, no, we don't worship in a way where we ask Jesus if he was willing. We say, thank you, Jesus, that you are willing. And you are always willing. And then no matter where I go, who I speak to, or what I do, you are always willing to cleanse me. Because if you, before the foundation of the world, wanted to cleanse me, you still want to cleanse me now. You've waited this long, Jesus. You can wait another, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to capitalize on that offer. And so we're going to worship now. Have the worship team come up, if you guys would come up. And, and, and we're going to enter into a time of worship and communion. And, and I don't want you, I'm not, we're not going to dismiss rows, we're not, you know, we're not going to do any of that stuff. And, and you don't even have to take communion. You know, if your heart's not in the place where it's like, ah, do you know what, I'm, I'm not really feeling in the mood to do communion, then don't do it. Uh, we do communion as, as an addition to our worship, as an action of worship. So as a part of your worship, communion will be up here. If you guys want to shout, shout. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to jump, jump. Because Jesus is willing to cleanse you now, tomorrow, yesterday, always willing to cleanse you. And if you would just ask him, Lord, are you willing? Or Lord, thank you for being willing. Will you cleanse me now? Jesus will be like, absolutely. For thousands of years I've been waiting for you to ask me that. So let's ask Jesus tonight. Jesus, will you cleanse me? Let's let's pray tonight. Jesus, will you cleanse me? Will you wash me as you wash the leper? I don't, want, I don't want just a healing, Lord. I want you to wash me as white as snow. As an, and as I enter into a time of worship, Lord, I, I want it to be you-centered. I don't want to think about the music. I don't want to think about people around me. I, I just want to worship you because you have healed me and you have cleansed me and you have got me. And, and here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. One thing I want to add before we go into worship. After the leper was cleansed, he was anointed with oil, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, right? Oil all throughout the Bible, in the New Testament and Old, is, is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1, he says, you are stamped. You are stamped with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit in the way that we worship. The Holy Spirit inside of you, that is a guarantee of your inheritance. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee that God has cleansed you. He has stamped you. He has approved you for heaven. And he's never taking that stamp off. He has approved you, and you will always be approved. So walk in a way that you are approved and worship the God who has approved you and sealed you and has you in his hands and is never letting you go. Amen? Amen.
Dear Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for these people, Lord. Thank you that they come here to worship you, Lord. Thank you that this is a Christ-centered church, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you have cleansed us. You are willing, always, always willing to cleanse us. So, Father, I pray that we would worship in a way that is pleasing to you, Lord. And as we shout our voices and lift our hands in adoration towards you, Lord, that we would always remember as we take communion, always remember the love that you have for us. Always remember that you do not tolerate us, Lord. You love us. We thank you, Jesus, and we praise you tonight in your holy name. Amen.
taken heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care. Jesus, you're the only refuge. Sink it to the Lord in prayer. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Everything to God in prayer. Everything to God in prayer. Let's stand. Sing of his grace. Amazing grace, how sweet is that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I'm Sing that again, amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That's all my heart to feel, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace the hour I first believed. My chains are gone. I've been set free, my God, my Savior, is ransomed me, and I can find His mercy reigns on every Promise, good. His word. 